Good evening, good evening, good evening. It's time for another KG, Fifth Ward Wildcat and Doc podcast. Fellas, how are you? Doing well, doing okay today. You know, it's a Thursday. It sure is. Getting toward the weekend and waiting on Sunday. Sunday afternoon. Doc, Even. how you doing? How you doing, Doc? I'm doing well. I'm getting to see all, just about all my World Cup soccer games, so I'm, I'm doing well. Let's get right into it. Which, which topic? All over the place, or are we just going to start somewhere and just float out there? Oh, man. Oh, Cause we, man. Because we got so much we can Oh, talk. man. Well, I'll tell you this, what we do. This, is, uh, this is a live podcast, so let me just go out there and say this right now during the podcast. All right. <clears throat> uh, someone who... Uh, someone? Yes, yeah, someone. I don't know if I want to say her name just yet. All right, then. We'll roll but, with uh, you. I ain't going to answer that toward the end, though. I'll be expecting <laughs> you to comment. But I'll just say this. We're going we're gonna to work a little backwards here. Work a little backwards. Usually... We wrap up the podcast talking women's college basketball. This time we're going to start talking women's college basketball for this reason. In the last few days, Arizona head coach Nia Butts uh, has started a, a very a trend for a very worthy cause. It's a cold water challenge, <coughs> excuse me, listeners, um, where basically, let me just let you know real quick. It is a, a cold water challenge, which is a bucket of ice water. And I'm, if you've seen the videos on YouTube, you can follow on Twitter. Cold. Cold. I mean, it's ice, big old packages of ice pouring into a, a Gatorade tub or any cold tub, whatever sponsor you have for the school. This is colleges. And Coach Butts challenged several of her Pac-12 coaching peers to be doused as well, and within 48 hours, it's in so it's video put on internet, and you challenge your coaching peers, colleague, friend. If they do it, um, the coach who's issuing the challenge donates money to a charity, and the charity that the coaches have chosen is the KEL Cancer Fund, right. which is uh, near and dear, and it's part of the um, Think Pink KEL Week Play for K during February that. ESPN and WBC Women's College, Women's Basketball College Association, a, a part of and raise money and awareness to fight cancer. And uh, if they opt out of it, they have to donate two hundred fifty dollars instead of being doused by the cold water. So if a coach is challenged and is Nia Bus challenged, packed up coaches, and then and and her coaching staff. Challenge coach other friends, the players on the Arizona team, challenge other players in the conference or, you know, friends across the country. And it's caught on. It's viral video. Yeah. Social media has changed the world. And so each person who accepts the challenge puts it on their school page. They challenge people and so on and so on and so on. I watched one of it. I saw it. I, I, I was seeing. The Chilling for Charity hashtag the last couple of days, and I was wondering, thanks to Don Staley from South Carolina, she was really into it, and I didn't know where it came from. Yeah. So I finally did some, took some time out today and found out that it started in Arizona by Nia Butts. Oh. And <clears throat> Don Staley issued a challenge into some coaches, and, and one of them was Aggies head coach Gary Blair. <laughs> so I took it upon myself to tweet Coach Blair myself <clears throat> and ask him, are you going to accept Don Staley's challenge for the Chilling for Charity Coldwater Challenge? I haven't heard from him yet. 
<laughs> but I've had Coach Butts herself retweet my tweet to Coach Blair. So it's gone all around around. The Coach K. Yow uh, Twitter account <laughs> has retweeted my tweet. So it's spreading around. <clears throat> USC coaches were one of the initial coaches who were challenged. And it, the video clip is posted. And I looked at it. And fellas, I did not see Cynthia Cooper in the video challenge. <laughs> so I just put a name out there. Did you make a contact? So I just contacted make- Coach Cooper. There you go. <laughs> I gotta say this is a live podcast. I gotta hear this. And uh, she said, she said point blank, you're probably jinxing me, but I haven't been challenged yet. <laughs> so that means she's waiting for someone. Yes. Someone. So, Wildcat. Someone. I'm tied it all together because a few hours ago, I, and I said it like this, I tweeted to Coach Ronald Huey, the new head coach of U of H, and his staff, and the U of H women's basketball Twitter account, and I said, if I've missed this, my bad. But as Coach Huey, Coach Dillard, Coach Justice, and the team participated in the Chilling for Charity Coldwater Challenge, I have been told that it's going to take place Friday. <laughs> awesome. So it is going to be on YouTube. I look forward to be on the uofhcougar.com. Well, you've been a major plan so in pushing it. And, and it's working out that way, you know, because of a, I follow so many coaches on Twitter. And most of them thing. follow me. And if you've had a chance, wow. been a long-time follower of the Houston Round Bar Review, you know, first you know I'm a huge supporter and writer of women's college basketball. Right. But in the last few years before Coach Yao passed away, one of the trips to the Women's Final Four, I had a chance to meet Coach Yao and wow. shook her hand and talked to her after one. I think it was an all-star, an all-American no, it was, it was, whatever. It was, it was a Saturday morning. Breakfast, uh, ESPN briefing uh, breakfast, press, press conference. And because we were, I think it was one of the announcements of the, one of the, the maybe the inaugural Play for K, mm-hmm. the game and everything involved. Mm-hmm. And I said to her, <clears throat> Coach, it is my honor to to meet you and talk to you and this icon of humanity, not just women's basketball, shook my hand and said, Chris, no, the honor is mine. I was just floored by her response to that. So it's very this I, this is personal to me. Chaos Kansas Fun is, is personal to me. Thank Plus, <clears throat> we share the same birthday. Oh. Her birthday and mine are March fourteenth. So it is it, it, it's a lot of personal connection there to me. Beautiful. But Wildcat, if you're going to be at UVA, it's Friday. I may put it on Twitter, Twitter myself. I'll be there. In a few seconds, you let Coach Huey know. Oh, oh I know some person who definitely uh, challenged Tandy Cooper. Assistant coach at UVA now, Ty Dillard. <laughs> I think she needs to be urged to challenge Coach Cooper to participate in the Chili for Charity Trust Cold me, Water be the Challenge. the first thing out of my mouth tomorrow. Be the first thing out of my mouth tomorrow. So uh, <laughs> look for that. Thank you very much, listeners, for indulging me in that tale of a charity. It, it, it's a big. I'm going to write a probably a post about it on my Women's Who's blog. You we could, can discuss it and really have some should. links to it. And uh, it's just funny how things work. How in the last hour or so, these inspirations just hit me to do all these things. And it's great that uh, I just contacted Coop and she immediately responded, you know, while we're doing the podcast. So I think that's great also. So look for that. <laughs> on the internet, look that up. Uh, and folks, if you want to follow me, that's what we do around right. here. 
Uh, my Twitter, I'm on Twitter at T-H-E-H-R Review. And I've been, like I said, I've got a few retweets about the Cold Water Utility for Charity uh, Cold Water Challenge. So follow me tomorrow because I may have some more yeah, challenges might, issued to some other coaches. You might have to sneak an issue one over to the, <clears throat> ah, the Southern. Yes, coach. thank you, sir. Hey, I might do that as well. Yes, I might do that also. Might contact right, her shortly. That would be an interesting I response. I might do that as well. So, yeah, I might do that as well. But, okay, we talked about that. Let's see if we We're talking women's swag school participants. Well, good point. Definitely want to get the swag involved if they have already been challenged. Because I'm not sure because it's it spread so fast. Yeah, you. you I don't might know not who's know. been challenged That's and who's right. already t- participated. So, which it's is a possible. good thing. It's excellent. Uh, a couple things. Today, uh, June 19th was the inaugural luncheon uh, for U of H women's basketball for their mentorship program. They had lunch today for the players and, and their mentors uh, participated in that. There are clips of that. On the, the uh, Cougars YouTube channel, also you can go to the Cougars website, and I did a, a brief blog post about it on mine. So you can, and the link is to the press release, so you can go to Houston Round Bar View Women's Hoops blog and check that out. Um, and other clips that you, uh, Coach Huey has um, taken his players to be more active in the community. They participated in Meals on Wheels program. Uh, they participated in some. I think Ronald McDonald House as well. They're going to different things like that. So kudos to, to Coach for getting his young players involved and to see that it's not just about them in the community. In case they not saying they did or didn't, but just good to see the U of H women's basketball program out and about in the community because it helps them. Summer team bonding. Exactly. So I think that's a great thing. And then you see clips of them working out on basketball court, fundamentals, strength training. So personally, I think the future is bright. It looks bright right now. I mean, it's June. So we'll see how things come look in October and once the season begins. But I, I think Coach I, Huey is, is, is in the right person for the job right now. So kudos to him. And then the horizon looks better now. Yes. I, I have a lot better feel of, he, why, uh, of, of <clears throat> what looks, uh, looks beyond and the sun is rising. That's a, it, it's not setting. The sun is rising. Indeed. And he added to his staff, what, Wednesday or Tuesday this week, Wednesday. naming Mansa L to, as a grad assistant. So the staff is solid. Uh, she played ball at uh, South Alabama. She was a head coach at one of the AAU programs in Houston, Houston Cobras, which is a solid AAU program on girls' basketball. So it's a smart hire on that end. Connection, got to have connection in the AAU, as we all know. So seems like things are finally moving in the right direction for women, U of H women's basketball. Let's talk NBA Finals. It's over. Yep. Doc, Doc I'm sorry. I had fun. I'm sorry. That what about the rest of you? Your Heat lost in five. Uh, the better team won, no question. No question. About LeBron that. didn't get enough help from his teammates. No question. About and that's second, that was, that was the second game that I saw that. I just, uh, the uh, first, the initial game that they lost, um, and then the game that they, uh, the finals, for whatever reason, Nobody had, it was almost like, I don't want this season to end, but I don't have anything else to give. You know, LeBron was on, he was pretty much out there by himself. Um, and it's, it was kind of sad to watch, especially in that third quarter. When, uh, San Antonio looked to just walk away from him. Uh, it was like the first quarter, San Antonio had to wake up and figure out what was going on. And then once they did, and it was, 
uh, second quarter, halftime, third quarter, and then fourth quarter it was basically, okay, we're going to show you how much depth and all we have on this bench to finish this out. Yeah, it was really amazing to see uh, a team that had played such quality basketball for a long period of time. As a team themselves, when I talk about the Heat, how they got it done, and it really just lets you know that if a team plays uh, together with a scheme that really matches well against another team, it doesn't matter how well that team has played in the past or what level of talent is on that team, the ability when you see certain matchups take over really can outmaneuver another matchup. And so I think that's very fascinating when you look at uh, what San Antonio Spurs were able to do with the Miami Heat. And um, it'll be interesting to see this offseason what happens to the Miami Heat. And if they do come back, I mentioned before the end of the series when it looked like it was going to go to the Spurs, is that uh, while some people were ready to kind of bury Miami, I said, you. interestingly enough, it was the same thing that Pat Riley said today. I was telling people that we might just be in an era where you're looking at that new Boston Celtics, Los Angeles Lakers type of thing, where they just went back and forth for a couple of years in terms of how they dominated the league, and you just look forward to the finals when they played each other and see who that, who had the better skills that year in terms of uh, and the supporting cast. And, and, and I thought that was a good reference, too, because basically what you saw was Showtime and uh, a situation where uh, uh, where uh, San Antonio was Boston with the uh, guys that went with the ball. It, it, it wasn't flash and dash. It was yeah. pretty much, you know, we're going to work my life. We're just going to get this done. Yeah. Do whatever we need to do now all the night to, to win this game. Is that? And keeping them, you know, then oh, in the, the 80s, it was about um, the Lakers would add Michael Thompson. They would add, if the Celtics added somebody, right? the Lakers would add somebody to combat them. It was a counter move, move, counter move. Yeah, it was like chess. Every all season, somebody was, yeah. was, was, was moving in. Yeah. Somebody was moving in. So I wonder how this will work out because – San Antonio made one move in terms of what they did, but what they really paid homage to is the fact that they really were more disciplined in terms of playing the scheme. Uh, last year, they played the same type of scheme, but they made they didn't really play it at the same discipline level. So they they allowed Miami to push them out of that scheme and frustrate them at times, and Miami did it just enough time to be able to win the seed. The, you know, win the series four games to three, obviously, last year. And this year it was quite different. San Antonio lived up to the scheme and were disciplined enough in such a way that Miami couldn't force them out. And they did it so well that they actually forced Miami out of their game and made them look bad doing it. You touched on it. Uh, Riles had a press conference, a media press conference. Um, <clears throat> great quotes by a. a a legend, a basketball legend in... <clears throat> Just quit tripping, folks. I got this handle. One of the things, and I got a kick out of this, I think he was at one of the media asked him or mentioned that a common theme from the Heat players were mental fatigue was a big problem, you know, in them in the finals. 
Pat Riley responded, quote, <clears throat> I understand that I don't accept it. Right, but I think he, and I agree with him from that standpoint, and it sounds like him, but if you think about it, many people said that part of the reason that Pat Riley had to leave the Lakers is that the players kind of wore thin on what he was able to do. And Pat Riley, remember, was never able to win a three-peat. He coined the term when it looked like he was going to do it. But none of his team did the three-peat. So, in a lot of ways, I thought it was funny he said that, and I, and I can understand where he was trying to come from. But I think he may need to be careful and understand that the wear and tear um, may be bigger than what he thinks. And, oddly enough, think about the person that outside of obviously Arbat in terms of uh, the Boston Celtics who was able to do several three-peats. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Michael Jordan in the bull. Right. Led by? Michael Jordan. No, coach. Coaching wise. Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson. Mm-hmm. And we all know about Phil the Jackson is usually is about. Right. And the, mental. <laughs> and mental. Mm-hmm. And so my point I'm getting to is the fact that Yes, it probably is a grind. It definitely is. And we all know it's a grind. But the coach that was able to allow his players to mentally get through it, not just physically push through it, is kind of what Pat Riley has always been for. And I think at some point he needs to understand uh, that it may be a little more than just pushing through it. That's, that's, that's a he good needs point. to be mental. <clears throat> and if you think about the coach that people credit in this day's game of being mental, it's who? Pop. Yeah. Coach Pop. And look what he's able to do. It may not have been the three-peat, but to the longevity. the longevity. And a lot of that is because of what? The mental part of the game sure. that he's able to do. So as much credit that, you know, that I would give Pat Riley, that's one thing that I think maybe he has not really truly understood. I, I think he was being his honest, straightforward right. self. No question about it. But looking back on it, I think he would agree with us that mental fatigue played a bigger role than, I mean, you know, the finals ended on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So it has, not much time has passed. Maybe looking right. back further, maybe next month. Even you, for himself? Yeah, you realize that, wow, maybe it was. Because more of that quote he said was, talking about the players, maybe they didn't know how to prepare themselves for four years in the finals. Right. If that's something as an excuse, or to use this as a crutch, I saw that in the team. I saw the mental fatigue at times. I thought we were hitting a stride when we beat Indiana in game six. I said we are in a good place. Then we ran into a buzzsaw. So he's kind of straddling the fence there. Right, he's giving a lot of credit to Santa, which he should. I mean, a part of that. But also, I'm saying as a good GM, and somebody that's been a coach before, you're always pushing to learn how to get better. And part of that to me is understanding if you truly understood it was a mental grind, maybe there are some things that you could have did for your team to allow them to relax in terms of the mental strain that was coming on. And that's what I'm saying that Coach Pop obviously does a pretty good job with, you know. And so uh, that's the component I think maybe he should look at in terms of whether it's, you know, bringing in psychologists, or doing exercises with the team that allows them to release some of that stress. Uh, 
uh, you know, maybe we go like we said. <laughs> we look at coach, right. Big coach. Clean it up. Because yeah, my mind just went there. It, it, <laughs> you said relieve stress. You, it, you it's going to be interesting to, to see how, <laughs> to, see, a, to yeah. hear how they, how they retool. Because we saw <laughs> Dwayne Wade not play well in the final. We saw LeBron have to carry so much of a load. The Heat have no low post offense. Chris Boss is just a three point shooter now. He he refuses to get down on the block. Now and I'm bang a, I, bodies. He just he's like I I'm done with that. So they they gotta right. But I don't know how much of that is him refusing to it or is it actually been, been asked to him to ask to, to do it. Well, then he needs he needs to. So my post needs to tell him. No, I think post poster needs to yeah, set he, it he up. Needs, he needs to tell him he needs to get on the block. We, right. we need you to be more. But I don't think score. that's what they want. Well, 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 let me ask because it, let me I think they this try way, to then. stretch him out. How do you go and resolve their, uh, their post problem rebounding to where you can get enough scoring from the uh, from somebody that wants to work in the post to take time off? Well, I, I think you have to be careful with that. They had two guys that wanted to play in the post. The, the but, big the but, finish, the thing that they did is they wanted to play small. And the reason they wanted to play small is because they wanted to be able to switch steals to get into the lane so they can get fast breaks. So you can't, in my opinion, unless you have a big man that has that skill set right. that mm-hmm. is able to pass out and run the floor, then you're talking about something else. But in terms of what they did, but the problem is, is they went, their guys were small. So a lot of times when they played bigger folks in terms of rebounding, they would get crushed. But they understood that. Their problem was is they were going to offset what they did on the boards uh, with steals and fast breaks. Now, again, if you think that's why I said you got to be careful when you start changing the whole thing. When you look at the team against Indiana, which a lot of people at one time thought was a team that would go At, at go one time, they were, they were the best right. team in the NBA at one point this season. Right. And then but they went skill, But their skill, exactly, yes, they did. They but did. I'm saying what Miami was able to force them to do didn't allow their big men to really work against them. It's about it's about matchups. Right. And so while we know their center, some people would question how good he is, but you look at the four, <laughs> um, he's one of the best fours out there in the game in terms of his skill sets and, and rebounding, shooting, and stuff like that. But what you did was you pulled him away from the basket. Right? Yeah. And so that's what I'm yeah. saying. You, I don't know if you can – and you can't just – these players that would work with what, with what Miami – you can't necessarily just go get them off trees. And so it's but hard to determine what you can do. So you also got to look at – unless they – and like he said, he said maybe they need to change a little bit in terms of their schematic play. But if you're gonna pretty much live with, and you don't obviously, you do that in the off season. You don't do that in the middle of the season I, I or in I, a series. I agree. I agree. I so agree. you can't just say, "Well, Bosch, Bosch didn't all of a sudden just float out, floating no. away." No, he's been out two years now. Yeah, it, this, this that was a design. This makes and a the second design season was, for him to be out there. The design was to pull the big man away. The problem is, is when you play San Antonio, they had two big men. Well, he pulled one away. Well, his game was off. He wasn't hitting shots. So if you're not hitting shots, Duncan says, until you start hitting shots, I'm not following you out there. So it doesn't do the same thing, which means now the lanes that LeBron and Wade would cut to the basket are not going to be there. So theoretically, last year in the series, 
other than Game 7, <laughs> where Washington hit nothing, and they still got away with it because right. enough people hit. Oh, yeah. But the rest of the series, Bosch hit just enough threes on the outside to pull the big man, big man away from the basket, which allowed Wade and LeBron to cut, get more layups in the basket. So it's not just talking about changing everything. You got to look at it and say, is this schematic enough for us to win? And when we face a team like San Antonio, what are we going to do to make sure that we can make our scheme work enough against them? And I think what it, the, the other thing, too, regular season is regular season. But when a team has – you're going against a team, let's say a minimum of five to six times you know, over a week and a half period, it, folk, you, you tweak, but you don't you, – Right. You, you and don't then change. sometimes you just got to say this ma- – it wasn't our time. It just, you know, wasn't us. Because I would put it this way. If Miami played Oklahoma City, who would you thought had the edge? I still would get. I, I would I would give Miami the edge. Right. That's what I'm saying. I, I you just, get the edge. Miami the edge. I would have gave Miami the edge. It's not to say that they won. But so sometimes it's just about your matchup. And Oklahoma's, most people would say Oklahoma, if they were healthy, would have beat San Antonio. So the matchup between. Initially, yes. Right, I'm saying but, until, right, right. Until, so sometimes it's just time and fortunate. And if you think about this year, Oklahoma City had beat San Antonio. Everybody forgets all the things. Oklahoma had yeah. beat them four. They had beat them eight of the last eleven. And so until the injury, true, true, true. I mean, that, and so that, now you change everything. That, that's the big Oklahoma for beat. If they're healthy. They beat San Antonio. Now everybody's trying to figure out how do you fix San Antonio. But, right. Then you come back. Miami wins. Now they're three-peat in there. It's a whole different story. You know, and that's one thing that, that media, we in the media do. Well, my colleagues do. I try not to do as much as, as others. And this is why we're sitting at the table. This is not when we get in the back rooms. Right. This is why we're watching the game and going back and forth, talking to each other. Right. But, um, you know, matchups. You know, the, the Heat, as, as, as I said earlier, LeBron averaged 31, 10, and 5. LeBron was the best player in the, in the finals. Right. It wasn't Kawhi Leonard. He could have got. He could have been Leonard. another Jerry right. West. Kawhi Leonard, true, could have been a uh, NBA most valuable player of the NBA Finals on a team that lost. Right. That could have happened. They don't do that no more. But you, Kawhi, right. Kawhi Leonard looked at what was going oh, on. Oh right. yeah, and, and, and it, I and you I could I, very well make that argument. But which and, is a perfect example, and why I said you got to look at everything and the history that you bring to us allows. Look, look, look at the rest of the Heat. Mario Chalmers was awful. Dwayne Wade wasn't good. Shane Battier wasn't good. Right. Ray Allen struggled. Yeah. Chris Boss struggled. Udonis Haslam, Haslam was hardly a, a factor. Oh. So, it, you know, every button Spolster pushed did not work. Did not work unless it was LeBron. Right. Whereas last year, Manu Ginobili in the finals was horrible. Horrible. And he'll tell you that. Him, he came back, they were ready to write him up. People thought he was going to retire. He thought he would retire. So that's one thing Riley t- touched on in today's press conference. You know, it's not gloom and doom. We're not as bad off as we people are saying right now four days after our loss. Like I said earlier, we don't need, be freaking out on me. Right, we need, I got this handle. We need to improve from within. He touched on also uh, Greg Oden did not, when he was, did well in practice when he was healthy enough, you know, he's had problems. It wasn't his knee that was giving him problems and he couldn't I play. That was important. It was his back issue. So Riley said if he can get healthy and stay on the program and be able to contribute and give us 
10, 15 minutes of quality basketball, that makes a big difference yeah. on a team. Riley would know about 10 to 15 minutes for an older body sure. type player because of whom he had to work with in his latter years. Yes. All you got to do is, is, is put players around him to make that work, and you can do four on five. Because if the break, get, 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 well, if you think about it, it's the same thing Pop was doing with Duncan. Pretty much, pretty much, not not as much on, not more so, but I'm saying, but I'm on, saying, on limiting basis. his, yeah, limiting on, his on limited minutes, basis. yeah, over the season, and he, he does it really with the big three, but particularly with Duncan, and then look what it, Duncan is able to do during the playoffs in terms of being more than serviceable at his age, which most people would say is ridiculous. Now that's the reason I made that mention that earlier. Was time factor late in the season and over the series had it caught up with Miami? I, with, 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 with that, that big three, that's especially with Dwayne. Yeah. The amount of time, the they amount played. of time yeah. that, that they were and playing, we, yeah. that they were able to do in the season. That's that's a lot of minutes. Yes, and then doing. But Dwayne Wade, I mean, this season his minutes were cut back. He didn't. Well, he had, he had days and stuff. Yeah, and but I'm thinking he's talking overall, about, like, yeah. about Bosch sure. and LeBron right. more yeah. than Wade. You're right. Yeah. So. And I'm looking at it from that point to where, at some point, you you've got to find a uh, a guy, and I don't know who it is. No, I think it, I think, in, but I think that, he, that, that would take. But the, I think the, he just said it. The take, guy that they had, that was gonna give it to him, he went from <laughs> the knee <laughs> to the back. Yeah, that's that. Yeah. And the point is, is we just said it. You're not gonna just gonna be able to draft one, you know. You're not gonna be able to oh, no. bring one in. Wave is not good enough. I don't see anybody. They happen to find one that was available because he was hurt. Well, they rehabilitated him and got all it, and he just happened to get hurt again, which could be a serious issue because he's injury. So who's to say that he won't get hurt again? That's but true. if they can ever get him to a point where they do get him to give him 15 minutes, what you just said is over. They got it. And hopefully it'll work. Hopefully it'll work. Hopefully it'll work. The draft, is NBA when? draft is Thursday, so we can't do podcast next Thursday. Just letting y'all know, I'll be at Toyota Center watching. Well, watching crap? No, 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 no. We'll see. We're curious <laughs> to see what the Rockets are going to do because oh, because they, you know what? And <laughs> I'm gonna throw some stuff out here now because a lot of a lot of the, the, the folks have started to to like open that that ram up from what you all mentioned earlier. Between Chandler and, and Kawhi Jeremy. Leonard, you mean that that one or what? Uh, with uh, Chandler and, and Jeremy Lin being the, the two uh, baits on the hook, off off of one one fishing pole out there swinging. Well, see, we're getting into yeah, we're going to get into. So where my I'm, next question is what what money is it going to take to make all of that work, and the Rockets stay where they are as far as up under the cap, or will it, are they willing to to go over the cap just enough to? To, to bring that third guy in and, and Les, as we know, Les does not mind spending money. And that's one thing. And if you have not, listeners, if you have not read uh, USA Today's Sam Amick articles on with interviews and quotes from Dwight Howard, uh, this week spoke to Dwight about, you know, he couldn't watch the end of the finals because it hurt too much. It hurts in his gut. Dwight is hungry and hungry. He won a championship. He knows how it felt to be close, get to the finals in 2009 with the Magic and not be able to hoist the trophy. I mean, you can follow Sam on Twitter. Great, great information, great insight. 
but they also talk about how the Rockets organization is highly thought of by players and free agents around the NBA for their stability in the front office, the willing dealing by uh, uh, Daryl Moore, the general manager, to get things done, you know, not afraid to make a move, not afraid to be aggressive, not afraid to think outside the box. It's great insight there. You know, this is not Texas, as we know, doesn't have that, that tax a lot of other states have, yep. except Florida, which is you no. Know, but and and look at who made it to the finals, and look what look yes. the teams, the, the guys that are around them. So you know, the Spurs made it, Texas, Heat made it, Florida. So that is a part of it. But I, I want to, I thought, I thought about this, and I have not, <clears throat> I have not <laughs> um, looked into the trade machines to see if this works. Is that something I? Uh, Toss it on the wall, see if it sticks, see if it gets any, get your thoughts on it. Doc, Wildcat, either perspective. Would you accept Chandler Parsons, Omer Oshik, and his contract? You know, we know Omer Oshik as well, but his contract comes up at the end of the 14-15 season. First, uh, first round draft pick this year, which is 25. For LeBron James. <laughs> if I was Miami? Yeah. <laughs> I need a drink. No, I wouldn't. I need okay. a drink. What else would you want? From the Rockets, what else would you want? What else? Yeah. And, and, and obviously, LeBron just, LeBron James said he. If, if LeBron says, leave, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm leaving, period. So you want James Harden on the hook, Bubba. No, I'm LeBron tells Pat, I love you, respect you. I'm leaving. I, yeah. I'm going to Houston. James Harden, either is you out sign of and trade yeah, me, but the only reason he's going is because of either those. you get something for me, or I'm out. You get nothing for me, so you, whatever. And I got this, and and, and wow, uh, first round. Oh, this, this, this is gonna be. A, I this, mean, this, we're yeah. gonna have to go two drafts. Terrence, Terrence Jones, Chandler Parsons, Omar Isaac, first round pick, whatever. I'm just saying, yeah, you, Miami, probably, what would you yeah. want? Yeah, I probably, probably want a couple of first round. You know, at least yeah, I need two first rounds. I'm gonna tell you that for the right off the top. I just, that goes without saying. I just, I just, and knowing that they're not gonna come right behind each other because the way the the the, the is, is now structured. Uh, that's gonna be the first thing out of my mouth. Uh, the other contracts, I'm gonna look at them and then say, uh, uh, you're gonna have to give up one of the two. And the one that's, that's, you know, that's Howard stays. I don't want him. But, uh, but the problem is, is you're not gonna get those two because the reason he's coming is to play with those two. So those are off the table. And if you don't get anything, it's not like you have a choice. You, he's gonna even leave you. For nothing, and so you got to get something. So I think the two first rounds, are, like you said, and then you know, you try to add in. I'm taking somebody's score off this. Whoever, whoever, wherever he's headed, I'm taking somebody's score along with it. That's that. That's me now. So that who, makes who three bucks. Okay, who from the Rockets would you want? If if LeBron says, I don't think he's going to say this. You know, I don't yeah, think he's going to do that. Out, but just yeah. throwing it out there, LeBron says, look, I'm going to the Rockets. Y'all need to get something for me because if not, you know, whatever. I'm getting, hey, I'm going to the Rockets. I'm sticking with the, with James Harden. I, I, I'm taking that. That's 
because I'm gonna I'm gonna make you think about what you just what you know right. what's going on. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm right. Gonna, and so they just gonna say no. Well then, it's just, you know, they, it's, they, they it's, say it's no. Le- LeBron say no. says, "Well, I'm going anyway. Yeah, I'm going anyway. Well, well, I'm, I'm opting out and I'm going. You're not gonna get in. Well, uh, I'm gonna find somebody. Trust me, somebody's gonna is gonna offer up two first rounds. But you're missing the point. You're missing LeBron the point. saying, "I'm going to Houston. I'm leaving. It's period. Not, either I'm going by myself or you get something. I'm going to the Rockets. Right. So it's not like you get to control where LeBron going. LeBron got the power. Still, still what? I'm going. I'm gonna be asking for James Hart. I, I I'm just gonna be adamant about that. Right. So you, the point is, you saying you're not gonna get nothing. In. So you relying on LeBron's goodwill. To convince Daryl Moore to give something up like that? No, I'm relying on Daryl Moore to think about it. Think about what? Daryl Moore say, no, forget all that. LeBron has already said publicly, I'm going to the Rockets. Right. I'm taking my talents to Houston. Now, with him saying What that, you going to do then? He, has he said the reason I'm going is because of those two guys? Right. Okay, let's take it there. If he right, says then. that, I'm going to play with Dwight and James Harden. The, the creating new... Big three. No big three. There, there, man. This podcast, man. Got to talk. Oh, man. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Because see, now you, you, you have a mind of thinking now. That's you, right. Yeah. You, 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 but now, because you, you know where, folks, we get this. The, the, the gaps is what the gaps are. But oh no, no, that's part of. That's this. This is fun. Like but, I said, I'm just but stuck, throwing against walls with sticks. Yeah, I'm being honest. I'm I'm gonna be adamant about it. Uh, the two first rounds, Isaac Chandler. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, and then I'm gonna make. Uh, and then I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna hold Harden to the deal until we get to the fine print. Cause it's gonna get to the pr- fine print, folks. It always gets to the fine print. The three of us sitting here knows it all gets to the okay. fine print. And? And he's going to have to make me feel that accepting whatever else is on that squad, along with Jeremy Lin and, and, and whatever else, that is going to hold over for one season while I figure out to, 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 okay, to, let's, to let's, move on. Let's, let's, let's do this. I mean, see, it, No, no, it, let's, I'll do this. Cause if I'm thinking, if I'm looking at it, I'm, I'm that's what I'm looking at. Say, and you ain't playing I, poker I, at blackjack I, I, I now. You, you, you're not sitting at the table. Let's do this. Jeremy Lin, Omer Oshik, the contracts come off your books next summer. That's $30 million off your, off your cap. Chandler Parsons and a first round draft pick. I want LeBron. LeBron coming here anyway. I don't want to land him. Oshik anyhow. So, you know, you can take them, that weight off my, off my hands. What, what say you then? Still talking to me or are you talking to Doc now? Whoever. I'm talking to Pat yeah, Riley. Like I said, I told you I would have asked instead of Would you want Cap Relief or you Pat Riley and Lynn and Asha coming off your books in the summer fifteen? And the move ain't gonna be happening fast, that's for sure. Cause I gotta, I, yeah, I'll take that. Cause I'm gonna add it. I'm gonna still hold to, I'm gonna hold feet to the fire. Would you want my draft I'm, picks, that. all that? What would you want? You want Lynn and Asha and Parsons, Lynn and Asha and my draft picks where Lynn The draft picks. Awesome. So now you so you don't you don't want Parsons. You just take Yeah, I'll take Parsons. Okay, so you want Parsons. three players and draft picks. Yeah. Two draft picks or one? 
Take the two. Like you said, I'm staying with the two first. All right, so that's five body. Just put on Twitter. Just put on Twitter. U.S. Women's Hoops. Tomorrow, noon. Athletic Alumni Center. It's going down. Chilling for charity. Somebody's going to be sitting around in the ice. Chilling for charity. Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. All right. Uh, That's five body, for one. I know that'll work. That'll work. And and folks, remember what we just said now. That's five bodies for one. And that's just to the Rockets. You can imagine what that's going to look like somebody else bid. Okay. Speaking of which, the Golden State Warriors and the Minnesota Timberwolves are in discussions. I'm not sure how far along depends on what source you're rely, relying upon. Is that Jerry Wilson? Uh, Is that Jerry Wilson? interesting you say that, sir. He's part of the Warriors front office. Yes, sir. I thought so. Now we got a wheel and deal going. Clay, Clay Thompson, David Lee. And some flotsam to, really? to the Timberwolves really? for Kevin Love. Really? Flotsam? Yeah, I mean, you know, Clay Thompson and David Lee are the key components going from Golden State to Minnesota in the rumored deal. That would hold off from Minnesota. <laughs> Thank you. You know, so uh, one scenario, according to ESPN's Chris Broussard, Clay Thompson, David Lee for Love, Kevin Martin, J.J. Barea, and Minnesota's 13th pick. Oh, the first round pick also. So, Clay Thompson, David Lee, and the first round pick to Minnesota for. First round pick this year? Uh, probably. Where are they picking? I think they have. Uh, they have. Let's see. They may have someone's pick. I'm not sure if they have anybody's pick. Golden State, they may have to get a pick. Yeah, they don't have a. Currently, they don't have their own. They don't have their own pick. So, because a few days ago, Denver was Kenneth Reed and Winston Chandler. The first round pick that made me a little more interesting. I'm, I'm, yeah, I right now, based on what I see, they don't have a, a pick. More now, as we get closer to the draft, and I, I hold on to that. I might, I might pull the trigger on that, depending on where we are in the first round when we come up. Because it's another example this of going to be a deep of draft. Kevin Love saying, "I ain't coming back." Right, I know that's so, going to happen. Yeah. I was just going to wait into the season thinking you can get more as it gets closer. People are desperate. Sure. But the thing that that uh, I would want this year is I would want to take advantage of the draft pick this year versus next year. So we'll see because, and we can also talk about this uh, news that spread throughout the NBA landscape today. Kansas freshman, big man, seven-footer, mm-hmm. expected to be the top pick in the draft, Joel Embiid. Has a stretch fracture in his foot, navicular bone, left surgery on Friday, so he is no longer expected to go first to Cleveland. Now, I think somebody's gonna give it a deal. And and so it was funny. That's uh, now because I, somebody I, I, tweeted I, I, real I, quick. Someone put it on Twitter that it, it'd be ironic. Joel Embiid falls to the Lakers at seven and becomes a Hall of Famer. Wow. I mean, that's that's that 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 our irony could happen, you know. No, I, I, in fact, I think somebody's gonna steal because I think with the, the scary thing, obviously, is back, but a broken bone. I mean, there's some big men you have concerns. So yeah, speaking. yeah, that, and, it, and, and, it, and it depends on body type, depends on the surgery. Different folks react to surgery differently, and and we so, in our time, but I think you some big men have recovered from this surgery that he was he's gonna have Friday, and some haven't. So right. you know as well. So we'll but see I how it goes. More have later than. In Lately, yes, yes, because of the surgeries that you're able to do now. Good point. Better than what you think in the past. So, 
also I think what you're going to get him for in the 15 round in terms of expectation that is going to be better also. So then the Cavs now maybe taking you, you Andrew Wiggins or Jabari Parker. Number yeah, and then Cavs, rumors out there that they're going to offer the job to EuroLeague coach. David Black. David Black. What's his hell of a coach? Hell of a coach. Wow. Man, hell of a coach. X's and O's. You talking about a motivator? He's on pop level. I'm telling you, he is a hell of a coach. I think man. that's the way they're trying to go. I'm serious. And they probably need that. Man. man well, man. if you think about the market they're in, I think. Uh, he's, he's done more with less. A lot. I think over, if I was a, if I was a smaller market team, I think I would take a much closer look at what a, what San Antonio San Antonio was able to do in terms of finding international players that want to play in the NBA that will play a style of ball that may be conducive uh, to allowing you to at least be in the hunt for championships versus trying to lure stars or get them in the draft. I mean, he he is an icon in Israel, and you know what? That it's European coaches. Some of them, they're not bad. Like he's not bad, and they adapt now. He's he's American. He just he went to Princeton and stuff, but he's just see that says it all, right? Maccabee Tel Aviv, Israeli Ivy League coach. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Ivy League coach. They make a lot of money. They make a and they change things. They make a direct (laughs) impact. And it's interesting how that changed because last week at this time, he was leaning towards staying, and the Cavs were going in another direction in the last few days. Now he's become the front runner for the job to coach the Cavaliers. They so, increased that money. Here we go again. That word. <laughs> that word. Man, are, are we ready to head on down to, to the money? Let's talk money, but real quick. Well, this is just flying here, boy. Um, how can folks find you, Wildcat, on the internet? Find me at... Uh, Blogger, the College Sports Report, blogspot.com, uh, YouTube, AKS, uh, the, uh, the College Sports Report, and Facebook, Twitter, TweetDeck, uh, JL Woodley1, and I think, I think that's all I have right now. Uh, <laughs> Uh, website is coming out, Doc. I did get you email. I, I just, I just say, yeah, it did come back to you. That's right. I, I, I just hadn't had time, and all the kind of yeah. been, been pretty busy. It's been a, uh, a, uh, a busy week. I can That's tell right. you like that. Okay. But I, but, but definitely, I'm, I'm going to take that. Pull it off. Oh yeah, I'm going to pull right. it off. I'm going to pull it off. Let's go for it. All right. You can catch me on social media platforms, uh, Doctor Kenyatta Cavill. I am Doctor Kenyatta Cavill. That is D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L-O. Again, that's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. You can email me directly at Kaville, kcaville at thg-agency.com. That's K-C-A-V-I-L at thg-agency.com. During the fall as we're getting close to it for football season, you can find my reports on collegesportingnews.com as I Start to get information on the HBCU landscape. And then you can also find my information uh, during the basketball season at the Houston Round Ball Review, com. And I am KG of the Houston Round Ball Review. As Doc just mentioned, website, com. Also, HoustonRoundBallReview.com. Houston Round Ball Review on Instagram. Houston Round Ball Review is a YouTube channel. I am at 
T-H-E-H-R review on Twitter. And uh, kudos to the folks retweeting and tweeting my Chilling for Charity tweets right now as we're doing the podcast. But uh, let's talk about patents. No, hold that thought. Ed O'Bannon versus the NCAA. He watched President Mark Emmert, NCAA President Mark Emmert, testify today. Uh, Wasn't a good day for the president. Holding on to the NCAA well, amateurism. Let me rephrase it. Wasn't a good day for foundation. the NCAA president. Right. You know, hold, clinging to uh, the 1905 principle that the NCAA and student athletes, you know, amateurism. I mean, this, this the, the quote is enough to just make you just shake your head from Emmert. It's one of the most fundamental, well, let me just say this. He's defending amateurism. It's one of the most fundamental principles of the NCAA and intercollegiate athletics. They have always seen and assumed that intercollegiate athletics is about the notion that these are members of the student body. They're not hired employees conducting games for entertainment. Really? They're not a random group of folks that just come together to play sports. Are you not selling tickets? Are you not leasing out buildings and all to host events? Are you not building granular type stadiums and, and arenas for gladiator type sports? Team sports? What, Clip, what is, is what, what is, is that what the, it's called, Doc? What is, Mar- what is March Madness basketball tournament? Are you not being offered uh, I mean, goo gobs of money, as they say, for radio? That's what TV, the Big Five and, want. What, and that's what they are. And that's what's making protecting. millions of dollars, you know. Yeah, the readjustment of student fees and student tuition and board now to supplement administrative staff's uh, pocket? I think it's become... Salaries? Yes, but I think it's, it's become a laughing stock in terms of those that have been reading and keeping up with the trial and how badly they are looking at trying to hold on to this. But I guess... If you're in a position in NCA and you, they're they're clinging, they're grasping. Yeah, you know, you just grasp on to anything, and I think um, instead of strategically, instead of trying to hold on to everything, if they would have went a different direction in terms of talking about where they're going, uh, maybe they could have held on a little more. But they just seem so overmatched. In the hypocrisy of what they've been getting away with is just coming to the surface. So I guess that's really the bottom line. Sometimes all good things in terms of if you were a member of the NCA, obviously, uh, Big Five and the NCA itself uh, has to come to an end, and it seems like this trial is heading in that direction. But poor Mark Emmert, uh, and I say that sure, curious. Because uh, when be- you're sitting on that stand, and you are answering in court. No, a, but I, I, mine more the part is is I don't think he can help himself. He 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 can't help. But and, and let me add to that. <laughs> On the stand, uh, he said even deferred payments would be in direct violations of NCA rules, first crafted once again in that glorious 1905 that forbid giving money to players. Another quote from Mr. Emmert. It's still the same. It's pay for playing, regardless of whether it's paid today or paid tomorrow, end quote. Wow. He seems like he is so out of touch. <laughs> Anywho, 
as Wildcat hey. touched on a few minutes ago, let's get into it. And let me hey. preface this. I'm not going to say much about this because I am a fan of this NFL football team. I've been a fan of this NFL football team for 30 plus years. And in those 30 plus years, I have grown to not like the nickname of the team for, because I've become educated, understand the derogatory nature of the, the nickname. But, uh, go ahead and talk about it. Okay. Doc, you know, I, I've watched a lot of things that, uh, happened this week legally, uh, but this is the first of an entity this large involving this size of a monetary value right. that the patent office has come back and revoked your trademark registration privileges to where you can legally hold on to licensing fees, monies, uh, whatever that, that, that has a likeness of either your team logo or, or your brand. And now you pretty much are out there blind. Right. Well, I take that back. You can see, but you can't see. Yeah. And you can't share that money with others. That money is pretty much has gone out into the world viral like the internet and there's no way you can control it and bring it back. It's like you hit that send button and you're dead. Absolutely. I, I'm First thing I'll do is I'll read the quote okay. that I put out. Thank you. Uh, Eva Pickens from Texas Southern University in terms of marketing for the university um, asked me to make a statement that would go out to the media if they wanted to interview me and have more insight in terms of what I had to say. And obviously, I did it from the sports management analysis component. So the quote I had here is, quote, this is a significant ruling that reaffirms the original ruling in 1999 that was later overturned on a technicality. This decision continues the legal and public fight the five Native American nations have pushed to the forefront stating their ideology. The term Redskins is disparaging. From a leadership perspective, it is important that leaders recognize a shifting landscape, especially as it relates to public sentiment. The owner of the Redskins, Dan Snyder, continues to unapologetic for using the name while the outcries from many segments of society push to change. It is indeed important that a leader is true to an organization's history and core tenets, but a leader must be strategic enough to recognize the value of changing with the culture and climate of the time. End quote. I say all that to sum it up, and there comes a time when society dictates that certain terminology or certain components of your organization are no longer relevant. Sometimes it's in regards to a product. Sometimes it can be in regards to a brand. And if you're a cutting-edge organization, it is important to have history, whether it's with a product, a brand, a name, which makes it even deeper than a product or a service uh -huh. or a name. But once you figure that out, um, a lean organization, if you would, a very strategic organization, understands that it's just as important uh, to recreate the brand if necessary recreate your image if necessary you know recreate a name if necessary we studied and heard many times many organizations that have for what many would say probably far less of an issue mm. you know one time you had the washington bullets 
they true, saw a true. need to change. Uh, many of the high schools and colleges over 15, 20 years, they use some emblem of the Redskins or even an Indian mascot have understood the need to change. True. And they uh, have changed. And on the high school level here in HISD, this is to see that we had a couple of teams, uh, uh, especially a mainstay, uh, Lamar. Exactly. My middle school, Hamilton, no longer the Indians. Yeah. yeah. So when you see the changing landscape, oftentimes it's important because what's intriguing here in many studies would suggest that he would actually make more money Exactly. By changing the name, so it's not necessarily a financial issue. Now it's about standing for something that public sentiment is te- telling you is ugly. So this would almost be, in many cases, and why some people tried to push this earlier and it continues to resonate, this would be, in many regards, to the commissioner and other owners in the NBA saying basically what Sterling said it was okay. Yeah. And so that's why you're starting to see owners like the Cowboys, Jerry Jones, and some people would try to see it as him picking on a competitor. But you, anybody knows one thing about Jerry Jones. It's all about the money. It's all about money. He's a very good GM. But one thing he does understand is money. Yes. And when he started saying there's a concern in terms of the name, he's talking about he knows that this is going to devalue not just the component structures of the Washington team, but also in regards to the overall value of the NFL and respectively his team. And the last thing I'll say about this is the fact that while they can continue to use the name as they do this, the problem you had and what you were suggesting is now our friends that uh, that have a T-shirt shop, Monroe. 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 Cultural concept. Cultural concept. We'll put him plug, out Ramon. There. Plug. We yeah. expect to be compensated for that. Plug. Plug. T-shirts off. Yeah, right. He could literally now go and make the shirts and wouldn't have any problem revocations in terms of uh, at getting a decent letter. And if he sold a whole bunch of them, they couldn't force him to give him any money on it. So that part of that money for the likenesses doesn't all just go. And the NFL is very, very serious with those seats. Oh, it's all players. about the shield. And anybody we, that has we, we, tried we, we, to do a Super Bowl they party, they don't play. Understand? It is all about the shield. I've yeah. gone to those. Uh, so there is big money. Not only that Daniel Snyder is looking at, but the other third and one owners of the league now are going to have to sacrifice uh, in terms until this is overheard, and this could go on for a while. So during that period of time, people would use a shirt in the name, you know, and uh, there's nothing you can do about it. It's bringing up Ramon brings up another subject that's sore, a very big sore to the uh, to the uh, to the NFL and the other pro leagues. Uh, when T-shirt vendors that are just walking around, you know, it used to be that, that they'd see all these, uh, they'd have uh, security walking around, uh, uh, undercover security walking around the outside of the buildings in the parking lots. Outside, folks had either, unless they had the emblem, you know, it's, that was it. Uh, you know, you got to pull it down, got to close up shop, and depending on if you were belligerent about it, get locked up, get a case again. Now, 
it's pretty much open season, at least for that one team. It's going to be interesting what happens now between now and the beginning of the season, which is it, just it, not, not too far. The battle is just beginning because Daniel Snyder and his people are going to fight this litigate, litigate, litigate. They're losing in the court of public opinion just time and time again. But he's going to continue fighting this, holding on to something he be- he believes is is tradition instead of looking at the money that he could earn and the spin he could put on it, he could just say simply, we realize certain things, traditions are sometimes need to be changed, need to adapt to time, adjust, make adjustments. We're here to announce our new logo, our new nickname is this, 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 this. Money out the, oh man, handle a fist. He did make all kinds of money, depending on how he, he spends it. And the three of us know someone who's Works with the organization. We won't get into all those, but right. we're tied to this more than folks in podcast land know. So let's shift gears, talk about World Cup real quick as we wrap it up here. We're going to have a new champion. First of all, because Spain is, Spain is, there we go. Spain is done. And it, after it, being just embarrassed their first two games, okay, they're done. Yeah. I'm going to ask this question. And they were. Had, had, had it really been, uh, as a, as a team or, or how they were put together, or whatever, now they fell off that bunch of just the talent was better this time around against them. No, I think they've gotten older, and I think it just tells you how small the window is in the game. And it, in a lot of ways, it mirrors mm-hmm. what we're talking about with Miami and San Antonio. This is a team that people forget that was on probably one of the best rides ever, oh, maybe yeah. other than maybe the Brazilian team. Those two Brazilian teams right. that ran cups, and theirs was even – Better than that, coming out of the Euro, because they won the Euro League in 2008. Then they won the World Cup 2010, mm-hmm. and then they came back and won the Euro League again. So they won Euro League back to back over you know a four year period. So in a five year period, they had three major championships that they held. So I think this is just a case where um, they ran into a buzzsaw. Um, they they had gotten older. They weren't quite what, and they just didn't make those slight changes enough. To allow them to at least remain competitive, and uh, I, I, they had some problems in the goalkeeper. People had questioned that, and the way they got pushed out, people pr- probably won't look at it that bad. But a couple of those goals that the goalie gave up, he, three of them in my in my mind in the first game, and at least one in the second game were goalkeeping goals. So they probably would have lost those games anyway. Uh, but if you take away some of those goals, at least it doesn't look as, as bad. And even in the second game, maybe you somehow get a tie out of it and you're still in it. So I think when you put everything together, those are the kind of things you look at. Now, we can talk about, about that. But talking about the home folks, were you surprised more than shocked? Well, we picked U- U.S. to lose to Ghana, yeah. I think. But, but now, nah, that's what I'm saying. So. Were you surprised more than than being shocked by, by, by the uh, result? But uh, I was, and, uh, and only reason I'm saying that is because of what happened. No off the door. And, and, uh, uh, uh Dempsey uh, broken nose. nose. You know, you lose two, uh, two players, uh, two key cogs, and, two key and weapons. Weapons. And, uh, and then I, I was, was surprised said, early and then probably shocked later. Cause, uh, cause I knew at the beginning First of the second First of all, half, that they scored early and they were able to hold on, but then you lose, like you said, out the door. You, you lose another player. And he's not going to play game. Sunday from, uh, from, right. from yeah, what's yeah, been part yeah, of the a chance that he might not make it yeah, back yeah. unless they make it into the second round, uh, which is going to be a chore. 
Uh, but they may have a chance now with the red card of Pepe in terms of what he. In, That's right, because you have to miss the next game, right? Right. He's out. Game. He's out Sunday. And Portugal is kind of licking their wounds and playing a bad, but I think it's going to be a, a tough I, road to bear. Still. But Ronaldo, but Twitter is amazing, good and bad. Yeah. Wednesday, yeah, there was there was quote unquote breaking news that Ronaldo. Yeah. Maybe out for the World well, Cup. He, he had to take him out of practice. That's why. And there was a quote, supposed quote, maybe I think a bad translation, improper translation from the doctor that and it, if that, he plays the World I Cup, he may not play. Book. He may damage his career. May never play yeah. football again. Yeah, he got. And then hours later, that was you know. Yeah, they rebuffed and so, wasn't as, as bad as they thought. But he he went out with a little tweak, and so I think it just ran amok from there. But it'll be interesting. But I give him credit. From the fact that you do what you can in that type of game, you score early, you hold on to it. Unfortunately for them, it looked like it disappeared with that late right. goal, fantastic goal. Oh. The reason why most of us picked Ghana because they were able to do that, and they wanted to attack now. They just couldn't put yeah. Oh, yeah. more goals and, in the back of the and, net. And, it's interesting. and then credit goals. One thing that U.S. has done over the last couple of years is they've been very good on uh, set shots in terms of that, and so. Again, corner kick, take advantage of what you have, one last shot. Yep. So you get a big time player, make a big time play, first time kid, Germany, uh, US descent. And uh he puts it home. Next thing you know, you're going home with three points, lick your wounds, mm-hmm. smile a little bit, live move another on. day. Yep, move on. Mo- move on. Name it again. Point point blank. In a nutshell. If the U.S. wins, he's Portugal Sunday. They're going to the second round. Right. Oh, yeah, they win. Because that's win. six points. That's right. six points. They win. If they tie it, they're in good, good shape. A loss will hurt because they're playing Germany in the final game. And right. where Germany's playing right now, you know, that truly be a shock if they beat Germany. Yeah. You know, you, you, at this point, one saving you need at least a tie. Right. You need Germany to beat Ghana. Yes. And then you would need then, Ghana to win against. Portugal. Nah, nah, they you also would be in with four points. Because if Germany Ghana would have three, if Germany wins, beats Ghana, they'd already have six. So there's a chance they may not play as hard, pay as many key people in the matchup against the United States. Just move to the next round. The United States to at least get a tie, right. and that would improve their chances to get yeah, on. Yeah, then it would be a five. But still, at the four point, if you get the tie here, you're in a position a, where a tie, a tie, nah, yeah, it, do, do, much better. Do they still hurt. use? Because you got. Are they still using the uh, point system as far as, you know, how many points? Goal differential, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Goal differential, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, then. So, yeah. Yeah. They win, they're in. U.S. wins, they're in. But I want to touch, before we wrap it up, I just want to give kudos and props to Mexico's goalkeeper, Guillermo He was busting his butt, man. He He was was awesome against Brazil. (laughs) He was not against. He was getting. He might have made him a little uh, money. Well, let me ask you this question. A lot of money. Let me ask you this question. Did he, was he getting as many kicks toward him like you were getting? Yeah. He was able to. Yeah. <laughs> he sure was. He sure was. I about and, and I'm glad I'm you brought like, that up. I'm, you. I'm glad I'm you brought that up. Like, damn. I'm because supposed to be my coworker and, uh, my coworker, <laughs> Fausto, who I interviewed in the previous podcast, last podcast, <laughs> bless his heart. Um, he said during the match, cause he, he watched it and I was at work and he watched, he went on his lunch break. Right around the time of the match, go figure to watch Brazil, Mexico. Hey, and he why texted not? me and he said, "Oh, Cho looks like you last year." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "I was like, 
Hold on. And he meant it in a cop in a positive way. Because <laughs> No, I meant it in a derogatory way. Meant. That's where I was coming from. Because the first match we had last year in our league, indoor league, I was just bazooka. He was wide and gave up. I gave up like twenty goals in the in the first first match because the team wasn't good, team was inexperienced, we hadn't played together. I had balls flying on me left and right. And plus I had never played a keeper in my life either. If you were going against like a college team. But but you tell know, him what so you did. Just, tell him you was hollering and screaming and all. It, I was in, I was in pain, getting stuff shot at me left and right. But as the season progressed, I got better and better. And I toward the end of that, I, I look I, I look pretty good toward the end of that. And, you and know. he stopped hollering at his, at his team. You know, I just did what I had to do. You know, <laughs> he realized like, okay, I got to get this done. <laughs> I had, had to do it myself. And toward the end, I mean, that's why we broke our losing streak and company losing streak. So, but props to. Guillermo Ochoa, great job. I and, love watching you them. Know, they, they, that was, that was one of the most exciting nil-nil ties you will ever see because of his, his saves, this outstanding save that and he was especially making. Especially when, when they got down to the last four or five minutes of that, that, that match. He was like – He was oh, everywhere. He, was, like he was on his toes and all, and it was all over the place. He was everywhere. So kudos on that. On that happy note. You ready? Fellas, one more you, go ahead. One more you got to put in. You got to talk about England, our friends. Oh, yes, yeah, uh, yes. Yeah. Are they out? They're out. Yeah, oh, they're, they're done. They're out. Oh, yeah, today's well, they still have a slight chance, but no, it's essentially out. No, they still, until the game is played tomorrow, and then uh, if um, the yeah, who is it? They need any. They, they need a lot of help. Yeah, they need. They a need a miracle. It's not. They're not technically out because the game till the game tomorrow, and if one of the teams win, then they're literally out. Tied. They still okay. They still have a breath. As the Costa Rica, kind of like what we was talking about with the U.S. You could be that yeah. four point. Costa Rica, yeah, Costa Rica. Now, the other thing that plays Italy, and, so, and this yeah. is my final yeah. point. On. Have you noticed how the different sites are affecting the way these guys are finishing game, uh, these matches, and now you know toward the end, either the, the mountain, uh, or the humidity, or the, sure. the weather changing. Sure. Because ninety-five minutes, even with a, even with a referee, folks, you think, that, that's, you think it's the weather? I think that, it ha- that's really the question today. One, all the goals that are being scored, which is. To me, it's good for soccer because people were more excited. People were questioning about that. But to your point, people have been talking about the late scores, whether they've been right. late, they're, they're, late they're, in the first half or obviously late in the they're, second they're, half, and some of them even in the extra time. Time, right. Uh, you know, have been. And these are not, uh, you know, the free kicks or whatever. These are guys, you know, they're moving, the ball is moving. And, like, and the corner kicks have, have been really interesting how these guys are getting positioned and all. Uh, either setting up in front yeah, of the well, goal that, or getting, that, getting behind. That new ball, the way it flies. But I've seen quite a bit of that in the past. But I still think your point is beautiful, what you're talking about in terms of, is it a weather factor uh, that the guys are trying to push through and play through that is affecting them in terms of being able to close out games that in years past they've been able to at least just kind of sit back and hold up games. Right. But a little bit of sucking that air is giving just enough <laughs> life to offensive teams of being able to make these late runs. I would think as a statistician, math person, that it just happens to be chance. Uh, but it would be interesting to look as we go further. Is it Because everybody's, everybody's moving mm-hmm. around from stadium to stadium and all. They're not playing every game in each one of their games in the same place. They're moving to, like, uh, United States, they're, uh, U.S., they're moving to um, – um, yeah, but I think people have been saying it's more not necessarily just the travel between the site, but more in terms of just the conditions and the altitude and the heat index uh, in regards to Brazil in itself. Uh, and, and tropicalness, and the it, uh, many of the teams are not quite used to. 
I know what's interesting uh, that the African nations haven't been playing very well. Uh, it looked like the South American nations were playing very well, well coming yeah. into it. They've kind of taken a step back a little bit. European, te- European teams such as Germany, Italy are doing what they usually do. It'll be interesting to see both those teams as they play tomorrow, see if they can make another statement in terms of how well they are. Uh, obviously, what the Netherlands has been doing, uh, been making a huge statement about that. Brazilian uh, team, they hadn't quite hit their stride. Part of that was the first game, which we, a lot of us just say were nerves. Second game, great goaltending, obviously, so it'll be mm-hmm, interesting mm-hmm. to see. But uh, they they need to be careful because they're not locked in to the next round. They need a victory to get in the next round. And you're talking about uh, people really uh, having this thing open up. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Brazil, yeah. Sweat. It's not even to make it to, to, the ne- to the next round. So and those are some of the things I'm keeping my eyes on uh, as, as what I've seen. And then the last thing, the CONCACAP uh, <laughs> with uh, Costa Rica making a statement. Right. Of the Playing some very good. Mexico, obviously, is looking really good. And the U.S. getting the win, so well job from the concrete. Uh, the other thing, electronically wise, we talk about social media. In Rio, they have set up a, a, they're, they're setting up a, a 4G platform for everybody to use, <laughs> and they, you know, word is coming out, you know, over the media, over Twitter especially, about the streaming that's being done and. It's been an oh my god from everybody I've I've, I've heard from, uh, how clear and how quickly this uh, oh, up yeah. on the screen and all that going. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's, it's like it's like actually watching TV like we, yeah, we watch it's TV. Been clear, no interruption. Yeah, no problem. Uh, it's gonna be this interesting. This is the expectation. Oh yeah, you you, you, you get, try things. You know, it's no, but it's like this. But from a business perspective, if this is an indication of where the media platforms are going, oh. Then what we just saw in terms of the Clippers being sold, and I'll close it on this, billion dollars. This industry, two billion dollars here. This industry that we look at in terms of sports of what we're talking about. Yep. Is far from seeing its cap. Because that's a whole medium financially. Oh yeah. That has not really been negotiated yet. And so if that is any indication. Boy, we on for another wild ride because you talking about folks getting rich off of this. It's been open up. Is that what it is, getting rich? Getting rich? Gentlemen, thank you as always. Awesome, awesome podcast. And and I look forward to uh, the noon. Oh, yeah. Cold water challenge. Ah, oh, yeah. We'll be all right. And, At least uh, they'll be right because I'm going to be standing over to the sideline yeah, and, just and, watch. And, and I want you to mention the name of the coach. I want to get them to, one of the coaches to challenge this person. Oh, don't worry. Because he, he already gave me some dirty looks, responses, really? and, and communication. You can call out now. So, uh, Coop, get ready, baby. <laughs> Somebody going to challenge you tomorrow, so get ready. <laughs> you can so, call out now. So, thank you very much, listeners, as always, for listening. Catch us on SoundCloud.com. Get any new followers on SoundCloud.com. Catch us on iTunes. Direct links on Twitter. Facebook at a Facebook fan, uh, Facebook page, the KG Fifler Wildcat, Wildcat and Doc, uh, Facebook page. Follow us there. Like the page. Ask us questions, etc. Ready for the draft. We'll have a uh, post draft comments from the Rockets and what they're going to do at, at on, on our next podcast. What they do at our next podcast, gentlemen. As always, thank you very much for your time and your insight. 
wrap it up as I always do. In conclusion, be true, be cool, and do more.